This Breakfast with Ben's podcast on the Fans First Network brought to you by Gerger Construction. It's not too soon to start planning your dream deck. They build decks year-round, and they're booking into spring and summer 2024. Gerger Construction is a small burg business specializing in decks, pergolas, railings, and fencing. Fully insured, licensed, and now offering financing options. Go to GergerConstruction.com to get your free project estimate or to schedule your deck safety inspection today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's our weekly NFL offseason podcast. Chris Adamski with me from Trib Live. Chris, of course, covers the Steelers for us with Joe Rudder. At the Trib, you can check out his work during the offseason, of course, during the season as well. Tim Benz with you, Breakfast with Benz, brought to you by the Fans First Network and Gerger Construction. You know, it's not too soon to start planning your dream deck. Gerger Construction builds decks year-round, and they're now booking in a spring and summer 2024. Take advantage of their current winter special, $1,000 off your new deck if it's installed by March 1st of this year, and March 1st is coming up. Go to GergerConstruction.com to get your free project estimate or to schedule your deck safety inspection today. Chris, the big news surrounding the Steelers this week, Mitch Trubisky released Chooks for and Presley Harvin as well. When it comes to Trubisky being bounced and with Kenny Pickett's struggles and the fact that Mason Rudolph might be gone before the season starts via free agency, is it? Safe to say that the Steelers are kind of 0 for 3 already when it comes to trying to replace Ben Roethlisberger? Well, I, if you you know if you go back to 2018, the, the first crack at it, to say the the uh, the long-term answer, yeah, I mean, it, it, that obviously, whatever reason, and he's, he's their best. So far, he's been the best option. Uh, but Mason Rudolph isn't the answer. Um, Mr. Bisky certainly wasn't the answer. I, I guess you can still go with the incomplete on Kenny Pickett. And I guess I'll give him a benefit of the doubt that he gets one more year to, to see if he can do it. But, um, man, if, you, if we had to do mental gymnastics to try to talk ourselves into Mr. Trubisky, what was that two years ago at this point, two springs ago, um, you kind of have to do the same thing with Kenny Pickett based off what you've seen uh, so far with him over 25 starts. Are you of the opinion that they're just going to replace Trubisky and or Rudolph with Ryan Tannehill and maybe a late-round draft choice. That seems to be the most obvious and conservative way to go about it, to back up Kenny Pickett. I think that's what they want to do. I don't think they really want to bring all that much of a threatening challenge to Pickett into the mix. Uh, There are some that say that they are holding out to trade for Justin Fields or make a splash in free agency. I just, I can't be convinced of that. Yeah. And if you're no, I know, I guess Justin Fields is a trade. So in theory, he doesn't have the, have the, the say in the matter, but if, if you're a free agent and you're not given any assurances, whatever those assurances are worth, if you want to ask Mason Rudolph, by the way, uh, that you are the starter and Kenny, but I mean, there are the, the organizations on record many times now that Kenny Pickett's uh, is still getting another shot this year. So, 
that's just even if the Steelers at this point wanted to, unless they do a complete about face on, the, on their public posturing and, and what they're saying, or if they're saying something publicly and they're saying something privately completely different to these agents and, and free agent quarterbacks, no one's going to come here to. I mean, I, your, your best hope is somebody who's just that tear down who, you know, let's face it, rightly thinks, you know what, I, I, I'm whatever, something didn't work out wherever I've been in before, or I'm a free agent now. I see this spot where, yeah, okay, they say Pickett's the starter, but I know I'm better than that guy. <laughs> and and I guess that's sort of what Mason Rudolph's uh, logic would be if he were to come back too, is that you get somebody that level. And, and that's what makes sort of uninspiring because, I mean, at this point he's 35 years old, right? I mean, I, I guess, again, you could talk yourself into he could still be a starter for a couple years in this league. I, I guess that's fine. But, you know, it's it's we know what the upside is and, and we know, you know, I, I, at least like to see somebody who maybe, uh, you know, it's it goes back to like the Trubisky thing. You know, somebody like that who's still young enough and, and still maybe was in a bad situation, you could talk yourself in, it could be that. But, you know, we saw that work. So, yeah, I, I think you're exactly right, Tim. It's going to be something that's completely uninspiring to the fans where it's going to be sort of a, a, a bargain, you know, second-tier free agent and then a, a you know mid-to-late-round pick is where they'll go and, and uh, and you know, start the year pretty much believing you're you're right with with uh, with pick. I, I still don't believe that. I, I don't know how. I said this before. You know, you could have watched the games at, at, at this season and seen how they how the offense performed with Kenny Pick and how the offense performed with Mason Rudolph, and not want to bring Rudolph back and have him you know sort of at least be at an equal tier in a starting competition. But I've beaten that dead horse for weeks and months and frankly years. I think at this point, so. I know Rudolph has gone back to his former agent. I don't know what that means in terms of negotiations with the Steelers. And I don't know how much money he's going to command. Maybe even a team like Atlanta or Minnesota, depending on their situation with Kirk Cousins. I see that there are pockets in the NFL where he could go to and be an opening day starter if another team were to get a rookie quarterback that just might not be ready for day one. Um, There is no perfect spot for Rudolph to go to and establish himself as the true number one for this season. There's just, I don't think that team really exists. That's going to give him starting QB money. So I, I get where Steelers fans say then that he should just stay in Pittsburgh because his best chance to play is to have Kenny Pickett play himself out of it. But maybe if you're Rudolph at this point, you're more convinced that your best chance to stay the starter is to go to a team where it's the devil you don't know as opposed to the devil you do. Yeah, it's one of those. Yeah, if he goes, that is kind of a scenario when you're a guy like Mason Rudolph. Is you go to a team that that they're starting over a quarterback and they're going to draft a quarterback and probably a high, highly drafted quarterback, and you're going to be the caretaker and sort of. Sorry, but but if you do something like that, you know, no matter what, unless it's a complete dumpster fire like a Josh Rosen or a, you know a Jamarcus Russell or something, where where people know really really quickly this guy just doesn't have we completely whiffed on this draft pick. Um, you know that you you there is almost zero scenario where you're not going to get benched, right? Uh, that, that that they're going to do. It. I mean, he's, he kind of went through it here. So in some ways, now the Kenny Pickett's in year three, um, that you can if you're Mason Rudolph, you say, all right, well we know. Pick at the end of his string now. If he doesn't do it this year, they're not going to pick up his fifth-year option. He's not their quarterback of the future. There's an, there's an opening here. And I, I know that the previous representation of Mason Rudolph was more in favor of him sticking with the Steelers, 
and, and, I, and maybe that's why he went back in, in terms of that and went back to that representation because obviously it worked out, I, I guess, best for him. He didn't make much money this year. It depends on your perspective, but he probably got as good a showcase, it seems like, maybe. It, it took uh, quite a string of events for it to happen, um, for him to be able to start games, but he got to start a playoff game and everything. So maybe that's a, maybe that is a signal. There's there's more to it with the Steelers, but, man, it, it's – uh. You know, the history there and, and the way the organization seems to be publicly just squarely behind Kenny Pickett. Again, it's it's it's, it's, it's got to be a tough sell for almost anybody who has options, right? I know that Adam Schefter got the Justin Fields thing going again by saying that Mike Tomlin really likes Justin Fields. Um, okay, but he also said that Kia Tomlin really likes Los Angeles. So I don't know how many <laughs> eggs to put in that basket. I understand that Fields, the betting favorite to see him play next year's in Pittsburgh, not even staying in Chicago. The Steelers are the betting favorite to have Justin Fields next year. If they get Fields, they're getting him to be the one, not the two. And I just keep going back to that interview with Arthur Smith talking about working with Kenny Pickett as if it's a fait accompli. And um, I'm dubious of the Steelers getting Fields. You know, like... I've heard Fields is going to take anywhere from a one and something to just a third-round pick. So I don't know what to believe in terms of the return. My thinking is more along the lines of a second. I wouldn't give up a first. I would give up a third. I don't know about a second. That's about uh, that's where the decision-making comes into play for me, Buzz. I probably would do it, but that's because I think there's still more upside to glean from Fields than there is from Pickett in the year that they would have to experiment before activating the third-year option for either player. Yeah, that that's more to me. That's more of the, um, the 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 decision, the compensation is what you give up in the draft. But yeah, obviously that's significant, and you're right. I don't know if you're giving up first-round pick is especially. Listen, if he was, if you had him signed for multiple years. You could maybe talk yourself into saying a first-round pick, a late first-round pick like that, I guess. Um, but the fact that you have to – it's almost like you'd have to exercise that fifth year. Like you're going to trade for a guy, give up a, a, even a second-day pick, let's say a second-round pick, you know, if it, or two-thirds, whatever it might be. And, and you only then the option a couple months later comes due. You're not going to pick it up. I mean, I, I don't know. To me, that's that just seems like – you're getting up a lot for for one guaranteed year of a guy, but I also don't know how you pick up the option, and I don't know how you you mesh this with your Kenny Pickett. Uh, if you're the Steelers, you're public backing a Kenny Pickett. Yeah, Justin Fields. If you're acquiring Justin Fields, you're acquiring him to be the starter. It just doesn't make any sense not to. Yeah, the, the only options that we've talked about that involve Pickett not being the starter are you know the Fields cousins. Uh, Russell Wilson options. Everything else, like you know, getting Tannehill, getting Jacoby Brissett, bringing back Mason. I think Pickett is still the starter. But you go out, you get Fields. You're not doing that with the intent of having him back up Pickett. Correct. Yeah. So that's what it doesn't. So I almost think it's almost the point where it's like a non-starter. I, I get the, the the odds and stuff, and I, I suppose I guess they're really putting on this this front, and, and I guess there's reason to do that to say you know what well and, and if we swing and miss on all these other guys then pick it has to be our guy so we better publicly back them and you know there's obviously some perhaps some uh you know fragile uh ego there or something to deal with and you don't want to and, and, you know he's your franchise guy he's been he's supposedly been your franchise guy for two years and i guess until he's not he's still your franchise guy so you gotta talk him up like he's your franchise guy i, I guess that that's a plausible scenario where behind the scenes they're actually working to replace him 
but it just seems to me like uh, it, it's, and I guess there's a modicum of, of it makes sense where you, this is the final year of a cheap contract before you got to pick up the option for his fifth year. Uh, I, you know, give it one last shot, but just like, man, you know, you're trying to win football games here. You, you know, this is uh, the waste of year and, you know, TJ Watt's going to be 30 before you get a, a franchise quarterback back in here again. It's, it's just, it's not a great situation, but again, this is how a lot of the NFL lives. If you don't have the franchise quarterback, you're trying to get them. Until you get them, you're you're you're, you're a big big step behind everybody else. When it comes to Harvin and a core for being released, you know, I wanted to say something in my story about Mitch Trubisky being let go. Like they punted on Mitch Trubisky, but Presley Harvin did the punting, so he <laughs> shanked it and he has to stay. Um, I don't know what they're going to do to replace him. Matt Ariza was suggested by Mark Madden today at Trib Live. I'm not opposed to it. Um, I'm sure there would be people out there that are opposed because they just don't know that he got acquitted. Um, and as Mark has said, you're not allowed to uncancel somebody, but that's a move that makes total sense to me. I wouldn't be opposed to drafting a sixth or seventh round punter. Again, just make it a good one this time. The, the other situation to me is more intriguing, and that's the tackle. He's gone at right tackle, but he barely played down the stretch anyway. I don't think that they're inclined to move Moore over to right and have Broderick Jones be the left tackle. They think Dan Moore is basically a left tackle and nothing else. I think they might keep Moore as the number three guy, find a new number two, and if something happens mid-game, they still might move Broderick Jones back over to right and have Moore go back in at left. Like, I, I don't know what you think, Chris, but I just don't get the vibe that they're in all that much of a of a hurry to replace more. I think they think he's better than we do. Yeah, I, I do think that too. I think that they think he's you know in the final year of a rookie deal, and they're not going to extend him really, so you get him cheap for another year. I, I think that they, I, it, it's a pro, like I like Dan Moore a lot, and in, in terms of personally as a, as a guy to talking to, but it's it's shocking how much he poo poos the idea of playing right. To how he said how hard it is. Like he talks about it. Remember, he said you you wipe your butt with the other hand. How hard it is, or something like that. If you ask about right tackle, he acts like you're. You're asking him to play free safety. It's wild how he he thinks it's so much different. It's so much in his head. Meanwhile, the rookie, the 21 year old kid, goes right to left and like it's nothing. I I don't know. You know. Well, the reason for like the thing that makes me laugh about that is I always think about Dick LeBeau with the outside linebacker situation. It's the same thing on the other side of the ball. You know, like he used to talk about it like it was this incredibly difficult thing to do if any of his linebackers was struggling doing it. If we asked him about a linebacker playing either side in a vacuum, he said, oh, it's no big deal. It's the right side or the left side. You know, like he always answered to fit the narrative that was best for the team. And now you've got everybody associated with the Steelers acting like it's this huge deal to play right versus left. Although when they had tackles who were capable of swinging, they made it sound like it was no big deal. Yeah. So. Your roster, game day roster, has to have a swing tackle, right? So that guy, no matter who loses the job, becomes the swing tackle. Now, I guess a scenario where if they get through camp and whatever we do here, I, you know, there could be a, a high. I certainly believe if there's a tackle they like, even in the first round, offensive tackle they like in the first round, it, it falls to them, and that's the way their board is. I don't think they'd shy away at all from taking another tackle. And then I don't know. Then if you get to the point where, presuming rookie beats out Dan Moore and rookie and Broderick Jones, your two best. Maybe they say Dan Moore isn't a good swing tackle. They just let him go and they have some, you know, whatever, Jesse Davis of the world, whoever it is to be their veteran backup at those spots or something like that. If they deem that he's that, but I, you know, it just, it just surprised me the way Moore talks about it. Uh, it you know, I, I, 
Mike Tomlin, you know, he's on record that he lies to us. Remember he said Chooks a core four is so much better at left tackle than right tackle, and then two weeks later he played right tackle. He never moved from right tackle for the next three years. So I don't know what I believe from the organization, but, you know, if, more, if the guy himself is saying, I, I struggle at right tackle, I, it's, it's, maybe that's why. But maybe, you know, Dan Moore just trying to play 4D chess here and knows left tackles get paid a lot more and, you know, goes in the free agency that way if he gets cut, whatever it might be. Um, but that seems like an implausible scenario too. Yeah, I, I do think that the Steelers do like Dan Moore more than the than it's more than the public does, or PFF does, or most anybody does. To be honest with you, as a viable starter at left tackle, and it's kind of crazy how important that position is, and how they're just sort of, you know, at best, meh, you know, average there, and and probably could use an upgrade. So I, I it's supposed to be a pretty good tackle, a pretty good draft per tackle. So maybe in the first two round, the first two days there, I bet you they take somebody. Yeah, it is kind of funny, isn't it? You got Mike Tomlin saying that he wants competition for Kenny Pickett, but he's also on record as stating as he's lied to the media on purpose just to give us something to talk about. You've got Arthur <laughs> yeah. Smith 100% committed to Kenny Pickett, over, even though he's never coached him for a practice. And then you got Art Rooney II one day saying that the Steelers might not shut the door on getting a quarterback via trade or free agency. And then the next day walking it back, depending if he's on camera with Andrew Stockey or Bob Pompiani. Like, he couldn't have the speculation <laughs> linger for 24 hours tied to his name. So, I don't know what to believe with these guys anymore. Yeah, that, that's what I mean. Like, it, it's, I, it's, yeah, I don't know what to believe, period. And, you know, I take a lot of things with a grain of salt. And, and that's why, I, I guess, like, when I earlier, maybe I'm even talking myself out a little bit now, that, that these decisions about Justin Fields or whatever, if you're this publicly in, in Kenny Pickett's corner, maybe that all is sort of a, I don't think it's a smoke screen. I don't think it's that far advanced where they're doing it because they're, they want to be secret about acquiring. I think it's more that they don't know much of a choice. If, if you know, maybe if things don't if fall through and the draft doesn't work their way or the free agency doesn't work their way or the trademark, whatever it is, they can't get their guy, then they're stuck, pretty much stuck with getting pickets. So then they were like, well, we're in your corner the whole time. We, we won't believe in this guy. Uh, I guess that's their best option. So in some ways, that's a little bit comforting, maybe, that they don't actually didn't watch the tape of 25 games to get any picket and, and, uh, and still think he is a, uh, you know, the reason to believe he's going to be the long-term franchise guy. But, um, yeah, there, there's work to do there. And, uh, I mean, it, you know, I, I don't know. I hate to be so hard on Kenny Pickett because, you know, I was in this, you know, I, I was fooled by the – or I, I bought in preseason training camp. I honestly did. I really thought he was going to be the end of that, you know – top 12 quarterback in the league this year, this past year. And uh, I was wrong. And I, it's kind of hard for me now to, to believe that, uh, and, you know, a rational, you know, good football person could sit there and, and really honestly believe. I mean, it's a roll of the dice. I guess you could say it could still happen. But to me, uh, you know, what is it? Hope is not a plan or something. You know, is it, what's, what's the line? Uh, yeah. At, at this point, you're just kind of hoping, right? I don't know what tangible evidence you have, but it seems like for better or for worse, that's what they're going to do. Buds, thanks. We'll do it again next week. All right, Tim. Take care. Chris Adamski from Trib Live here in the Fans First Network. It's our off-season Steelers podcast, and we're brought to you here by Gerger Construction.